Hello and welcome to the Conscious Buddy podcast. I am Estella, creator of the Conscious Buddy community. Conscious Buddy is a worldwide community that encourages us to make a difference to the lives of ourselves and others through connecting and collaborating with like-minded individuals who want to live a more conscious life and work towards solutions that create a better world. On today's Conscious Buddy podcast, we have Neil Kerwin. Neil works with ancient shamanic methods and plant spirit connections. With respect and gratitude for all nature's creations, he aims to kindle a reconnection with what has been lost in the modern day world. A connection to ourselves, each other and the environment around us. A connection based on gratitude and reciprocity that honours the duality we inhabit whilst attaining harmony through understanding. Neil, from infancy, had a calling to the unseen, a practice misunderstood in a modern world. At age 30, he finally began to answer his calling, working with the plants of the world, including ayahuasca and wachuma, along with various tools and techniques as old as mankind. The role of a healer within a community has always kept the tribe healthy and strong in mind, body and spirit. In the modern era, as we continue to lose our way and sanity, the practices of tribal shamanism and the spirits are reviving themselves to help bring balance back to the planet. So, um, hello Neil. Hello. Having me on your podcast. <laughs> it's actually a, a real pleasure to have you on my podcast. So, a little bit of an introduction on how I uh, met Neil. I uh, had a call in for the plant medicines and ayahuasca probably three years prior to meeting Neil, which was coming up to four years ago. And um, so if you like, I had a, a call in for the plant medicines around, you know, seven years ago. So it wasn't something I took lightly. <laughs> it, it scared the living daylights out of me. You know, uh, for somebody that came from addiction and had no problem popping pills and drinking copious amounts at the weekend, drinking ayahuasca scared the living daylights out of me. It, it, I knew it was going to take me to areas of myself that, that needed visiting, but I was scared to visit. I knew these were the areas that I were avoiding. So when the opportunity uh, came about for, um, for me to do this retreat in Portugal, in a beautiful eco space up in the mountains in Portugal, um, I thought, right, okay, now is my time. This is the time. And uh, this is where I met Neil. And <laughs> the experience was um, life-changing, really. There, there is no other way to say it. I was already in the wellness industry. I was a yoga teacher. I was, I was practicing um, meditation. Um, you know, I was looking into ancient philosophies. And maybe this was the path that took me into plant medicines as well. But there was still something very fundamentally I was suffering on, on a very, very deep level. There were areas of my life that I couldn't seem to change. Um, and I recognized when I, when I 
did Wachuma especially for me on this particular retreat, which is the cactus. And I'll, I'll get you in a minute to explain what these, you know, what the plants are, where they come from and, and how they affect the, the human body. Um, and for me, Wachuma was just so powerful, so, so powerful. Um, I mean, it started, it felt like it started out like a party drug, you know, it was amazing. And I was kind of dancing and, and really enjoying what, what it was giving me. And then all of a sudden it just hit me and my body went into like convulsion. I was just shaking from head to toe, had no idea what was going on or why I was shaking so much. And, um, until I was sort of told that that was the trauma in my body <laughs> trying to release <laughs> I was like trying to suppress it back down again, <laughs> stop myself from shaking. <laughs> um, and then I remember going outside at one point. In fact, it was absolutely, do you remember? It, there was a huge storm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was kind of wanting this sunshine, <laughs> you know, being in Portugal. But it was this this biggest storm and um and the and the room that I was staying in as well that you know the water was kind of dripping through it was like for me my worst nightmare I hated the cold and in fact every winter prior to that I would hide myself away I, I just did this thing where I would kind of always hide myself away it was deep rooted I, I realized now that it was through my ancestral roots as well and um and I just I just didn't want to be in the cold and I had to, there was an outside toilet that we had to go to in order to <laughs> use. So we had to go outside, had to embrace the outside to go to the toilet. Um, but I remember going outside at one point um, and there was another person on the retreat who was outside as well. And I just collapsed into tears, absolute tears. It was like I could see mother earth crying, asking us to respect her and to love her and the love that was rippling through my body was like love I knew it existed but I, I couldn't quite it was like I couldn't quite understand whether that love was real I'd lived in a world of trauma you know for so many years I'd lived in a world of fight and flight and survival for so many years that I knew this love and I knew this community spirit existed it had to exist because what was the point in life if that didn't exist? And I was shown that at that, this moment. I was, you know, it just rippled through my whole body. And there was such gratitude in that moment. I just cried and this other person just held me. And, you know, I just cried and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed like I'd never sobbed before. And I just was uncontrollably crying. And I remember like kind of going back in and I was feeling guilty for feeling this emotion, feeling guilty for crying, feeling guilty. Oh, I felt like I was ruining people's experience because I was crying. And again, you know, this shows us the kind of conditioning of our culture that, you know, this suppression of emotion and to feel guilty, feel like you're not strong enough. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, Wachuma just brought it all out of me. It, it, it it didn't let me escape any of it. <clears throat> and I'm so grateful for that because actually the laughter that came with that as well was just immense. You know, it was just the joy that I felt as well was, you know, like on one hand there was extreme kind of release and pain and shaking. And then, then the other hand, there was just this extreme joy and laughter and connection. 
Um, and I remember going to, to, I needed some time on my own, which was actually very unusual for me to do that. I always felt like I needed to be around people. And I went upstairs and this water was kind of dripping next to me and I was trying to kind of avoid it. And this, this, the lesson that I received from the plant was you are causing your own suffering. Um, you can heal yourself right now. And I remember just laying there and bringing my hands to my body and breathing into my hands and using the yogic breath that I had been taught and just feeling a sense of ease and calm in this moment. And I was absolutely busting to go for a pee. Um, and I kept holding it and it became painful just because I didn't want to embrace the rain. And I thought, again, Estella, you are causing your own suffering. Just get up and embrace the rain and go to the toilet so you're not in pain anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, these lessons were just so profound for me. Yeah. And it just changed the course of my life. And I, and I um, you know, and, and then, you know, that's not obviously then the first time that I have worked with you. Um, and I, I've uh, worked with, um, you know, ayahuasca um, in other ceremonies with you, again, which have all been so immensely profound. The integration of um, ayahuasca is not to be taken lightly, I don't think, you know, it's something that keeps on working throughout mm, absolutely mm. but um but yeah so you know that's my experience that's what i um i was introduced to when i met neil and neil served me the medicine i felt very very safe uh through that um ceremony and i think that was really important especially when you're working with the plants to feel safe in your environment and to know you can be, be completely 100 percent yourself you know, I'm quite outspoken anyway, you know, so I was always able to be 100% open and, um, and you always received that so well. And that was really important to me because that is also in my ancestral lines. We're quite bullshit people and quite, uh, let's, what, what's the word, um, defiant type of people. And I was kind of probably, you know, there's a part of me that tests people with my defiancy. And that is what was also a part of my suffering as well. Um, mm. But, you know, so that I think as a, as a healer and as a medicine worker, to be able to hold that space for people that are in pain and suffering um, is quite a skill. So, <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. And your, your story really reminded me of my own story and how I came to working with the plants. Um, because it, it, it started with a flight, a flight of fancy from the UK and going and travelling. And the, the main reason was like, well, is this it? Is this life as it stands? I know I go to work, I work in an office with all these um, artificial lighting and screens with people who really aren't interested in me as a person, but I'm, we're all there just to make more money, further our careers. Um, doesn't really matter who we have to backstab and stand on to get there. Uh, and then at the weekend, we're going to just blast ourselves with alcohol and cocaine um, to try and take the edge off the pressure of the week we've just had. Someday we're going to feel tired and afraid about the coming Monday. And then Monday 
we go into work with um, feelings of bad heads, bad stomachs, um, and try and recover from what we've just done at the weekend. And the whole process then starts again on a wonderful cycle of never-ending despair. <laughs> it was like, is, I, I'm pretty sure this can't be it. <laughs> this cannot be it. Um, which, which led me to travel, led me to the plants. Um, and then, uh, I, like, 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 like you said in the introduction, I'd always had this, um, um, this growing up and kind of managed to push them away um, as I became a teenager, but they came back in my late teens, early 20s. Um, I put it down to, to, it was put, I think it was put down a lot to mental health issues and um, maybe drug use or whatever. Um, I remember being, being taken to a priest so he could pray for me and pray for my soul. Um, but it, it was it was a calling and the first time I drank ayahuasca, I turned to my wife who was lying next to me as as the universe and all these visions opened up and I just said, I was I was right. I wasn't making anything up. These things were happening to me and and I've just been trying to ignore it. Um and and then for a number of years I still had no intentions of really doing this work. Um I was working in like health and nutrition i had no intention of um working with plants or and doing any kind of shamanic work of that sense um but it it slowly crept into my life until i was doing more and more and assisting people um and then it ended up one day serendipitously in a ceremony where i was holding the ceremony the person supposed to be doing it wasn't there and and it and it just went from there really um and and then over the years, the trainings continued with plant diets, diets, and learning more and more about um, the nature of how plants communicate and how they talk, um, the deep love that they carry for human beings, and this need, and in, in a sense, you know, that's evident everywhere from the way that plants nourish us with food, but also provide us with medicine to heal. Um, physically as well as emotionally and mentally um, and uh, you, you know the, that that for me that's obvious but when you start working with them on a deeper level you can really feel that love um, so to have connections with the plants and to honour them honour their spirits and honour what they're doing in line with the earth and what the earth wants for us um, is, a, is a deeply healing process and one that I've I've seen be hugely helpful to to many people. Um, the the plants like ayahuasca and wachuma that you mentioned have um, interesting reputations because particularly ayahuasca, there's a lot of information about ayahuasca on the internet, um, uh, and it's become hugely popular recently in the past twenty years or so. Um, the, the one side to ayahuasca is that it's a master healer and it can cure you of all your ailments and problems and addictions. And then there's another side that it's dangerous and you can die and that there's, there's healers abusing it and using it for their own ill-gotten gains. And, and both, both of those things are true. Both of those sides to the story are true. Um, I, I, feel, I feel that ayahuasca in 
in the heart of the plant is and the, and the plants that make ayahuasca is 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 to heal um and to connect us um, but it can be used for the wrong reasons and in the wrong hands it can be um it can be dangerous for sure um mm. so it's really important if you are called to ayahuasca and you are finding your way with it to be really careful about how you drink and who you drink and where you drink, um, all these things. Um, even uh, also uh, the same uh, with Wichuma, which has a very different energy to ayahuasca, but equally is a is a hugely powerful plant. And uh, yeah, they, they both are incredible healers, um, but work in such different ways um, that are also, I, I, I tend to, I work with both of them because I find them very complementary to each other in terms of when a human being comes and is, is looking for help, is looking for guidance. Um, it's good. I find it's good to get both sides of the coin in terms of ayahuasca on the one hand and wachuma on the other hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and how and, would you and, say and that you know that you're ready, if you like, for plant medicines? You know, I mean, would you say that there is like a kind of a stuff that you would need to do beforehand or preparation or healing work I mean because a lot yeah. of people go to plant medicines before they've done anything right it seems to be that, that sometimes that that is people's first put I've, I've met a lot of people where it seems to be their first experience with intense spirit <laughs> they've dived in um whereas yeah. for me I think I would have felt quite scared to do that without the experience I had already had yeah, and there's no right or wrong answer to that because as as everyone is different, we'll all have different um, different needs and we all take different approaches to life. We all have different um, uh, risk analysis that we do. Um, so in a sense, there's, there's, there's not a right or wrong answer to that because it can work both ways around. Like, like yourself, who, who was a yoga teacher and already practicing like mind, body, spirit um, practices before you came to the plants. But there are people who just hear about it and automatically, you know, they're, they're living in a very 3D world. They've never done any work on themselves in particular in that sense. I just feel like, that's what I need. That's what I'm doing. And then in fact, after working with the plants, they find the other practices and come into them and they're like, okay, yeah, this is what I need. So I think the, the important thing, um, people are either going to act out of inspiration or desperation. And I much prefer it when people act out of inspiration rather than desperation. Um, when people come to the plants in a state of desperation, quite often what they're looking for is they're looking for the plants to just fix all their problems. Mm. And that is not, how the plants work um the plants are there to teach and guide us into how we fix our own problems into how we heal ourselves but we absolutely have to show up as part of that process and we have to be willing to do the work and to make the changes that the plants are showing us we need um to, to make uh, they can obviously do they can obviously help a lot in clearing things that we're holding on to so, for instance, with ayahuasca, there's there's usually a purge that happens. You'll you'll vomit. Um, you might have diarrhea. You, you might cry a lot. All forms of the body releasing that helps to clear energy. And when that, when that energy is cleared, it can bring a sense of clarity for us. 
whereby we're in a better place to make decisions for ourselves. We're in a better place to see what's really been causing us problems. Um, because in our lives, there's a lot of obscuring that goes on. There's a lot of murkiness. There's a lot of cloudiness where we can't always see what the problem is. We feel like there's something wrong, but we can't always see what's causing it and what the mechanisms are behind it. And when that stuff's cleared, like you were saying with the Wachuma, you know, he does it in a different way. A lot of people shake when they've had Wachuma um, as, the, as the traumas that they're holding in the fascia of their body starts to release, that energy starts to kind of find a way out. If you watch any animal um, as it gets chased by a, by a predator, when it finds a safe space after getting chased, it releases all the adrenaline and all, the, all those kind of fight or flight hormones by shaking. Um, and in the, then there's a, there's a practice called trauma, trauma release uh, exercises, which encourages and um, is designed to help humans shake um, just to release that energy. It's something that I do myself. Um, and I, I work with a wonderful woman who, called Elizabeth who does it a lot as well. Um, but it's all release. And once that release has happened, again, you bring that clarity. Um, but ultimately you're the one who's going to have to walk that walk. You're the one who's going to have to do that work. So if you're coming to the plants with that in mind, then that's a good place to be. If you're coming to the plants with, well, I've tried everything else, nothing has worked, this is my last chance saloon, if this doesn't fix me, nothing can, yeah. um, then you might find that you have a hard time or it doesn't quite happen for you. Because even after you've worked with the plants, what I find is people who are struggling with addictions or struggling with depression or whatever it might be, um, they, can, they can work with the plants and they have this great experience and they figure all this stuff out and then they go back into their lives and slowly they fall back into all the same things they were doing um, because they make all the same choices they were already making um, out of, out of um, a habit or that's where they feel comfortable. And then of course they end up back in the same place they were um, and wondering, well, the ayahuasca didn't work. It, oh, it was only a temporary thing. Oh, and and it, is, it is because yeah, you still have to do, you still have to create your life as you want it to be created. Mm. Nobody, there's nobody that's going to do that for you. Not me, not the plants, not anyone. There's no therapist or yoga teacher or anybody that is going to live your life for you. Yeah. you know? um, so ultimately it's taking that responsibility, which is, which is, you know, beautiful because that's what the Wachuma taught you. It's like you're responsible for your own suffering here. You're you're the one creating this. Yeah. And you can change it. And all in fact only you can change it. Yeah. And also, you know, the 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 kind of the shaking aspect of it all. And I think for so many years, I'd, I'd sort of lived in this space of of survival. You know, uh, especially since my teenage years. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, gone through a lot of trauma at that time, and I just went into survival mode, and I was in a place of fight and flight for a very long time. So much so, I just didn't even recognise it. I didn't realise it, and I feel that the that the all right, or maybe I did, but I didn't know how to release it, and I feel the plants they they show you they they physically 
bring you to a point where you just cannot control that. You know, you're, you're just, it's just like the surrendering process um, is so important when you do plant medicine. It's like, it's there, it's teaching, it's teaching me, you know, but the whole thing of, you know, even being sick on the ayahuasca, that frightened me. I just suppressed everything. I never used to like, and, and there's a, the, but paradoxically, I was actually making myself ill. So it was like, I didn't want to release the sickness because I didn't like how that made me feel. But equally, I was ill. <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> so I was like, you know, wanting to kind of cover it up all the time. And um, yeah, can we like talk about that actually, like just the trauma in the body and what the plants do um, in regards to releasing trauma or accessing these parts of our body, you know, even through when we're speaking. So I found that even when I was doing the ceremonies, you know, you talk it as well, like, and, um, and, it, and it kind of is, you're in a very um, in, incoherent space. So you don't really know what's, coming through but something's coming through and it's clearly coming from from trauma yeah and i think uh this this really reflects on the 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 sad state that the world is in and has been in um in that when we're born it the, the birth in itself the way that the kind of uh the medical um dogmatic approach to giving birth is set up uh, is traumatic in itself um, and then from there we're facing one trauma after another in terms of and, 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 I'm, and I'm not just talking like the the big kind of traumas the um, you know getting beaten as a kid getting sexually abused as a kid you know of course all that, that's this, this huge trauma but I think people face lots of traumas um, in the in the everyday um in the way people speak to them and being told they're not good enough um being told they're this being told they can't sing being told you know all these little um kindnesses create create these traumas for people that that we we kind of don't even recognize as traumas or where we it, it becomes so normal to us that we just we just take it and and and, and hold it um, and, and, and of course, it, it, it works as well in a, in a very unconscious way. So even like people that have had parents who maybe push them to be a doctor or push them to be something or get good grades or, or do this or do that. Um, the underlying message in, in all that is you're not good enough, but if you do this, you'll be good enough. Mm. You're not good enough, but if you do this, you'll be good enough. Um, we're, we're, we're just we're led to believe that we we are we're not good enough and we need to we need to prove our worth in this world we need to show everyone how good we are and with that comes a lot of messaging of how we're not good enough um so people come into ceremonies carrying all this trauma that they're aware of and all this trauma that they're not aware of and all these feelings and emotions and, and because because it's so much because there's so much of it in our world the mind has to just switch off from it at some point it's too much for our our, our, our minds it's kind of to to to, to take really yeah. and so what the mind does is it to protect us it starts to ignore it yeah it starts to like you use the word suppress it 
and pretend it's not there. And and then this 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 suppression starts to give us the the, the comfortable feeling that um, everything's okay, it's all all right because I've just swept it all under the carpet. And we tell ourselves it's all okay, and we tell ourselves everything's fine, and you know there's nothing wrong with us, and we start to to go through our lives. Mm. But this 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 trauma, these emotions, these feelings, they don't go away. They they stay there, and we carry it. And we carry it in our bodies, we carry it in our organs, we carry it in our fascia. You see it in the way people's posture is. Mm. You'll see it as a yoga teacher in areas that they're tight and they're holding stuff. Um, and we carry it around our lives with us. Um, and any time this trauma or this emotion starts to surface, to be felt as a messenger to say, actually, I'm still here and everything's not okay. And, and I want to be felt and I want to be seen and I want to be honoured, um, we, we, we want to suppress it again. And it's not always easy to suppress it. And that's where the addiction stuff comes in. That's where we reach for substances. That's where we reach for distractions because not all addictions are about changing the chemistry in your body by ingesting something. Yeah. Some addictions um, are... Um, about changing it um, externally so you could be you could be a shopping addict um, or the big one that I think pretty much everyone suffers from today including myself is you become a phone addict and a social media addict and a scroller because these things provide a distraction to you where you don't have to sit with whatever's going on um, and you don't have to look at that stuff um so so it, it all stays stuck and it all stays yeah. unfelt so the the practice of of working with the plants is it starts to um rumble this stuff up and it starts to show us this stuff and it starts to say but you know what you can feel it and you can release it and you can actually be free of it yeah. So this is where the purging, the shaking, the crying in the ceremonies that you find, that's where all these kinds of things start to happen, all these kind of things start to occur. Um, and it's really alien for people at first. It's really alien for people to be sick um, because they associate being sick with being ill and being or being drunk or whatever. But then it, it, they don't associate with actually just releasing and the shaking as well. It's like, it's, oh, I'm shaking. Something must be going wrong in my body if I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not like not understanding that this is a release. And it's the reason why you see like um, animals so supple and move so freely compared to how humans move because we don't have this form of release and we're just walking around carrying everything so we're so weighted down and stiff um which is why which then you start to see the synergies between practices like plant medicines and yoga and movement and, and all this kind of stuff and even in i think even in in the in the me medical paradigm now a lot of mental health workers are starting to recognize that um, actually just talking therapies are only part of the picture and body work and that kind of release is so important to the person if they're ever going to progress. And in fact, in fact, the talking therapies can just be 
damaging because all you're doing is talking about your trauma and bringing it up again with no means of releasing it. So it's like you're just going over and over, repeating the trauma over and over again in that that environment, Um, which is why a lot of people find it unhelpful to have a, a therapy or a talking therapist. And, and, and that's not a criticism. I think there are, I think talking therapies are great and there's lots of examples of it working. And I think if it's done in conjunction with body work and other practices, it can be a, a, a great part of healing, but it's only one part of the process. And I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's recognizing, which is why I'm doing the series of podcasts on different modalities, because it's recognizing that you know, this is all part of it. This is, we are all of it, you know. Um, you know, there is no separation. And I feel what plants, especially for me, and also through observation, is what they do is they, they strip down that ego. They strip down your identity, let's say, which, you know, ego and identity kind of can go hand in hand. Because, you know, you, you've created an identity of yourself or a, an identity has been created for you through your upbringing, through school, through parents and, and what have you and through the world around you. Um, you've then kind of gone with this and sort of gone, oh, okay, maybe I should be that or, okay, well, I'm this. And, you know, you're not really too sure who you are. A lot of people kind of go, well, I don't really know what I am. So they lose their sense of identity. But through plant medicines, it strips that, it strips it all down and almost can be where it's quite scary because it's like, well, hold on a minute. You know, I held on to that idea for a very long time <laughs> and I totally believed I was right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the plants just kind of go, yeah, we're going to just smash that because, you know, that's actually preventing you from being who you really, who you really are. And, um, <clears throat> and then I think what tends to happen uh, and that's why it's a journey and that's why I do feel people go back to ceremonies, you know, time and time again is, is um, that the ego comes back, the identity comes back. So you come away from the plant medicines. I mean, I, I've turned around and said, right, I'm, I don't need to be on my phone anymore, you know, and within two days I'm, I'm back and I'm, I'm back addicted on my phone again. So just little things like that, little things start to creep back in again. And um <clears throat> you know, I promise that I'm going to stay on this really good diet and what have you. And then again, I sort of think, oh, I really fancy some chips or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just about it's awareness. It's about being aware of these things happening and how quickly they can seep back into your life. And then, of course, we go, oh, my God, I need another ayahuasca ceremony. I need I need something else to bring me back again, because, you know, it strips all of this away. You know that it's going to bring you to a place where you kind of ultimately want to be. So then you kind of go back into your life again and and you kind of go back into then, and then you build up this ego again. And I think it is just eventually over time, it is about being in acceptance of what they're actually teaching you, you know, rather than (laughs) trying to bring back what you think you know again, this stubbornness, um, so, you know, I mean, that's definitely been my experience. I mean, I haven't, I think because of, potentially because of what I do, I've recognized that dance for me is huge, like moving my body, releasing traumas, um, you know, working with the energy and um, means that I can kind of stay in this place. I don't need to keep going back. I don't need to keep looking 
and searching for something that is outside of myself. It isn't, it's all in me, you know, and the plants just teach me that every single time. And I have very clear intention now. So if I, if I go to the plants, like what you said, you know, am I turning to the plants out of desperation? Because I need an answer in my life right now. And I feel that the plants are going to give me that. Or am I go, am I, do I have a real intention? Is this, it's going to the plants going to be something that is really going to help teach me something and to help me uncover and unlock something um, that I know I need to see that I can't quite access myself. Because I do feel that the plants take you to a very deep knowing or a very deep, like for me, it takes me to my kind of core creativity it allows this creativity to really flow through me um and i'm so grateful for the plants for that you know i i do turn to mushrooms you know for me mushrooms really are something that i work with quite a lot um they help to clear my mind uh they they, they kind of have a reset to them and i do feel you know these plants are here to assist us you know on our journey in in this world and in this life and we're here for a short period of time. And that doesn't mean we can rush our healing. It doesn't mean we, we can rush the process. But it, but it does give us a deeper insight in a shorter amount of time, which I feel, I feel is beneficial <laughs> right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, you know, the, the, the connection that we, we all have to plants um, it's really been made evident in the discovery of the uh, endocannabinoid system in our bodies, which is a, a, a system that's made to receive the molecules of the cannabis plant and other plants. Um, and uh, the, the way that the receptors take on the molecules from ayahuasca, it's like, it's like these connection ports within us are ready and waiting to have communion with the plants to receive the plants it's like we're, we're we're ready for it it's like we're primed for it it's what our it's what our bodies are designed for if you like um so so that, so that that connection for me is is glaringly obvious and 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 sometimes that i mean the hard thing for me and um, when people say you know oh how much do you drink ayahuasca um and it's like, well, I drink, I drink within the ceremonies that I do for the people quite regularly. How much do I do it just for myself or just myself and my wife do it together? It's, it's very rare. Um, and it, you know, myself and Fiona, we drank recently, um, only a few days ago. And we were sort of like, when was the last time we did this? And it was three years ago, the last time that we'd sat down to right. drink together. So, in a, in a sense, like, it's not something that I do um, when I feel my life is going wrong because that's my responsibility. It's not something I do when I feel like I'm having a hard time or anything like that. It's something I do when I get called by the plant to do it. Yeah. I listen to the plant and when they call me, they call me like, um, and that I, I remember one calling, I was in, uh, I was in India, I was doing some yoga in a, in a yoga class and I had my eyes closed. But even though I had my eyes closed, all of a sudden I could see the whole room, room and everybody around me. 
Um, and in the corner of a room was a black Jaguar and it started walking towards me. And it was like, well, that's a calling. It's time to drink when I get back home. Um, and, and, and then the other day I was, I was kind of um, doing some admin and putting some um, ayahuasca in a bottle and a little drop fell out. So I hate seeing drops wasted. So I, I put some on my finger and put it in my mouth. And the first thing she said was like, when are you and Fiona drinking? <laughs> so, so, so we, so we did. So it, it's, it's always, it's always um, done when called and it, it can sometimes be hard for people to know whether they're being called or not. I say that to people drink when you're called and they're like, well, how do I know? And I'm like, mm, you, you'll just know. You just know. It, <laughs> it'll come it can come in any ways it can come in any of the ways that i've mentioned yeah. um sometimes sometimes you'll be like living your life and you just can't get away from the word it keeps coming up in web articles or on yeah. social media or here there like, it's yeah. like it becomes glaring obviously that right i'm i'm being called now and it's time for me to go and sit and, and drink and see see what the plants have to say to me yeah um yeah. So that 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 for me is the only time. Like I I, I see a lot of um, I get concerned sometimes when I see people bouncing around from ceremony to ceremony and just drinking regularly, um, using the different plants regularly, and it also almost becomes a bit of a a social event if you like, mm. and it it's a it is a it's a blurry line because I think historically we have used these plants in that context as well. You know, we've not just used them as a healing ceremony. Like I believe that the ancestors of this land gathered at places around this country at the power points, um, whether that be at Stonehenge, Glastonbury, Anglesey, on the important days in their calendar, like Beltane or Sawin, and they had ceremonies communally with mushrooms where they came together and, yeah. and yeah. Who knows what happened at those ceremonies, um, yeah. but I, and, and and as well the tribes of the Amazon, the Yawanawas, the Honey Quinn, they use you they use it in a, the context of a communal space. We're coming together now. We're here as a community. We're here to support each other. Um, so it is it is kind of used in that context, and 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 that's why that's why I try I try and stay away from that's the right way that's the wrong way yeah um, because people work with these plants in in all kinds of different ways I think the important thing is to take personal responsibility for um, am I relying on this to solve my problems mm. or am I am I taking responsibility for my problems and working through that myself and just getting a helping hand and a guiding from the plants when when they call me or when it's needed um the, 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 i think the key the key word is is responsibility you're always going to be responsible for you and yourself and and the life the life you've had whatever traumas your you've had throughout your life it's like i don't mean responsible as in you made it happen or it was your fault but whatever you've been left with now that's you're responsible for and it's for you to to work with that and to to then create the life that you want to from that um yeah which which for an addict is so 
hard and challenging because part of the trauma combined with the addiction they're in can really make them feel like there is no life to create. Mm. There is nothing. There is no hope. There is uh, all, all those kinds of things. Um, and really it's not, it's um, helping those people is a real process and a real journey. It's not just a quick fix one night ceremony and you're done. It's taking them along a road and, and, helping them to see hope not outside but within themselves and helping them to realize that they can create it differently they don't have to stay stuck there um which which has levels depending on the 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 depth of the trauma or the, the the kind of addiction that they're involved in yeah and i you know i think you touched upon something um quite important in regards to people kind of going back to ceremonies and also there being a social aspect to that. Uh, But like what you said, obviously indigenous tribes have been using this as a, as a way of gathering for special, um, you know, planetary kind of events or, and um, there is that, isn't there? I think there's a yearning. I think there's a calling deep within us that craves connection that, craves community and how powerful that is in itself you know when we integrate um at the end of ceremony we get an opportunity to talk in circle you know uh, you connect with other people you you meet new people you connect with people on such a deep level through these ceremonies that they become family you know Mm -hmm. and um you know i know that that's it's already opened up such a huge network and community of people from the ceremonies that you run and now the people that I know, and now there's kind of, and this network is, is just opening out all the time. And I feel that the plants are really aiding in that. And the, and the ceremonies that we have are creating this huge network of people that are coming together as community. And we are, as a result of that, making this transition. We're then going out there, serving, recognizing our purpose, giving up roles in our life that were making us unhappy where we were feeling unsatisfied and going out there and taking risks, you know, really releasing those fears and going out there and serving other people, people becoming medicine healers themselves or just healers of sort or yoga teachers, medicine, uh, sorry, meditation teachers or what have you, or sound healers, etc. And, you know, they are going out there and, and sort of delivering this as, as a result of being in a, uh, ceremony so there is so much power in in this and I think that is you know I think um, uh, is it G- uh, Gabo Mate talks about it you know the, um, the the opposite of addiction is the, the, well addiction is lack of connection isn't it and we need connection exactly yeah yeah and ultimately got- that's probably what we're looking for Sonny yeah and i've got i've got a lot of respect for for that man for the work that he does in vancouver with addicts in you know the depths of skid row um and you know he's come on under a lot of fire from the uh, medical community for his for his uh, relationship to plant medicines and his advocacy of plant medicines uh, i think and but but yeah you you're right what he's saying is um we're missing connection and connection 
is is the hole, is the void that we're looking to fill with all these addictions. Um, now, I think when it comes to when it comes to the plants, the grey line is there's still a lot of people out there that view them as drugs. There's still a lot of people out there that view it as just something to do to get off your heads um, and, you know, get out of your body, which is, in a sense, what people do when they have heroin or cocaine or whatever. It's, it's to get out of out of your out of yourself um and the 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 important thing for me is in the in the guiding of that is 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 trying to bring people back to what are you being taught here what are you learning about what you need to do and how you need to live your life and if you if you're going from ceremony to ceremony just to chase the peak experience you're having in those ceremonies then the danger is that you're just replacing one addiction with another addiction and that's becoming what you do however if you're taking what you learn in those ceremonies to create a better life for yourself and you feel that within your life and how you're living you know there is that connection there is that happiness you know you you don't you don't need to go to an ayahuasca ceremony to create that connection you can go to the nearest woodland or mountain or hill or river and you can sit and be with the, the the forces of nature. You can sit and be with the river. You can give offerings to the river. You can give songs to the river, thanks to the river, whatever it is you want to do to create that connection with something outside yourself. Um, and, and, and likewise, you know, with people, um, it's been beautiful to see gatherings happening, um, both with plants and without plants, where people come together and, you know, um, engage in song and dance and, mm. and and just share a space with each other and share connection with each other it's it it's a it's a it's a, it's a beautiful thing and, it, and, it, and I feel it's creating a healthier um more caring world yeah absolutely um, so but there is that just there is that there is that um line I would say where due care has to be taken and it's an individual thing um, where where am I am I am I using this t- as just another way to avoid my emotions, or am I using this to help me feel and process my emotions? Um, and that's that's an important question that each individual has to ask themselves. Yeah, and then of course I think it's what's for me, you know, what's really important is the integration of that. You know, being able to actually sit with what you've been taught, um, what lessons have come up within that and how you can, you know, what you need to do to implement that in your own life. And, mm. and I feel what the plants do and what I feel why they're such a powerful teacher is because they're showing you what's already inside of you. The teachings, although coming from the spirit of the plant, you know, you are the plant. And the plant is you, you know, we are one and it's showing us that. And that, so as a result of that, you can't, it's not like your teacher or your mum or your dad or your partner trying to tell you what to do. You know, the thing that you're kind of defiant to all the time. It's, it's, yeah. you, it's not a person, you know, because you may have lost trust of people over years. So when you do the plant medicines, it's like, this is a teacher that I cannot ignore, you know, <laughs> because it's, if I ignore that, basically I'm ignoring myself, 
Um, so that I feel is where they're, they're really powerful. And, um, you know, so just quickly before we kind of wrap up, um, I just wanted to kind of talk, because we've talked sort of very strongly and I do feel that it is a really good subject because people are very intrigued. I know I speak to loads of people that are very intrigued and curious about doing ayahuasca. Um, but I'd like to kind of just quickly touch upon sort of um, plant dieters, you know, like, and having, because you're dedicated, you're, you're, you've dedicated your life now to the plants. You don't do any other work apart from working with the plants and as a shamanic healer as well. Um, so I know that you do like uh, sage diets and um, mugwort and things like that. So just very quickly to kind of talk about these, because these are kind of obviously the, the milder form, if you like. They're not going to be psychoactive, but they're still teaching you. They're still plant teachers. So I'd really like to talk about that because I feel that also just the herbs and the plants of the world are, have been hugely ignored. And we don't talk about the medicine that they are, you know, because that's, that they are medicine and they can cure us from so many different ailments. And so I do think that it would be good to just briefly talk about that. Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's this, the, the adage that for every illness, there's, nature has its answer in the form of some kind of plant. And um, when you start to work with the plants, not just the, the plants that are known as healers, but the, the plants that, that used to be known as healers, such as dandelion, that's now seen as a weed, um, you start to see the power in all these plants and and they all have um that that for me the, the plants all have their own personalities and underlying those personalities is the chemical nature of the plants and which has the the healing capacity within the the scientific um material kind of viewpoint um but behind that for me is a spirit and a personality. Um, so um, when you do a plant diet and you engage in a plant diet, you start to learn the subtle language of plants and how they can speak to us. Um, not just when you've ingested them as a drink or a tea, but you can speak to plants and trees all the time when you're out on your walks, um, when things are going on. Um, and you start to be able to hear them. Now, to do that, what we what we do is we cut out a lot of the other noise in our lives. So, in a with a, it's called a diet because you are you are um, restricting things. So you're restricting um, certain foods um, such as salt, sugar, um, garlic, onions, anything that creates a strong reaction in the body. Um, and making your food really bland and simple and plain. So it's just about nourishing rather than flavour um, and, and keeping it very simple. Um, you also cut out like TV and uh, the internet and lots of all that kind of noise. And you cut out um, your sexual energy, your sexual drive as well. So you don't have sex or masturbate, you keep it kind of all very like monk-like and then within in that kind of new place of quiet you can start to connect with the plants and hear what they're actually saying 
And with a plant diet, you'll do it where you'll drink the plant every morning. So for instance, that you mentioned white sage, um, you would drink a cup of white sage in the morning and sit with it, meditate with it. And, and then before you go to bed at night, you would drink the plant um, and dream with it and allow it to come into your dreams. Uh, and the, and the, more, the more plant diets you do, the more you see all these plants have different personalities, different teachings and different healing capacities. Um, so to use the example of sage, um, she really, um, we burn white sage in ceremony, we burn white sage in our homes, if you're that way inclined, to clear the space of any energy that doesn't belong there, but also to set a strong boundary for the space so that nothing comes in that we don't want in there. And, and really, when you do a white sage diet, that's what she teaches you is how to create boundaries in your life. First of all, how to clear energies and then how to create boundaries in your life and say no to things and say no to, to what you've been letting in that's been causing you problems that you don't need to let in anymore. Whereas you move to a plant like rose, um, rose is um, a very soft, very feminine plant. She still, have, still has the thorns going on, um, so she's not to be grabbed at or messed with. <laughs> but she also teaches a huge amount of self-love and the beauty of self-love and the beauty in taking care of yourself and how that brings out your inner beauty and lets you flower and blossom just like the rose does. Mm. Um, so they're, they're just, they're just two, two plants that are not classed as psychoactive, but when you engage with them on that level, they, they can teach you just like ayahuasca and just like Wachuma can teach you. And in fact, that's what the diets kind of are. They're like this long um, period, this long ceremony elongated ceremony and you can do them in isolation if you go to the jungle you'll do them a lot in isolation where you're in there for seven days and you're in a tambo and you're on with a plant and that's it um or you can do like a more they call it a, a suave dieta a soft diet a social diet where you're at home and you cut all that noise out of your life but you still go about your daily business you know you still look after your kids speak to your wife go to work if you've got a job or to work from home or whatever you still do all those things but you just cut everything back and make it simple and for those diets they tend to be a bit longer like more like a month um but uh, I've, I've, I've had lots of people, uh, I've guided people through those diets and especially if they've worked with ayahuasca, they can be a bit skeptical at first. You know, I, I remember one guy um, dieting a dandelion and the first time he kind of came back to me and was like, you're really unsure, is this happening? Is this really working? And I was like, just give it time and just let, let things settle. So your ears tune in and you start to listen in. And the next time he came back, he was just like, wow, I can't believe these plants actually do talk, don't they? They do talk. <laughs> they do have things to say. And, and you know, um, some people might say, is this the delusions or illusions of your own mind speaking to itself? But what I find evident is how certain plants say this always come with the same kind of messages to people. Um, uh, you know, I, I can do a, a sage diet with one person and then six months later I'm doing a sage diet with another person and the sage is saying all oh, the same kind of stuff to that person as she was the other person it's all it's, and the same with the dandelions or whatever plant it might be mm. they're coming with, and, and there's there's variations slightly on it because everybody's different so the plant might have different things to tell you that it did me 
Um, but the energy of it is the same. It's like, okay, you need to set better boundaries for yourself and this is how you do it and this is what you say no to. And this is so it the the yeah, the the energy behind it is always the same. And and it's also I find it's a really good way to introduce people that just don't feel within themselves to work with ayahuasca or with tumor. Um, and uh, it, it helps to create that connection with the plants and that trust for them, the plants. Mm. And then actually they go into a ceremony knowing on a deeper level, ah, these plants are, are, have our back, yeah. they love us and they want the best for us. Yeah. And so they go into the ceremony with a lot less fear mm. and a lot less um, worry about... Um, um what might happen and uh, all the other things that are, are very um widely reported about ayahuasca on the internet mm, mm, mm. yeah um i think that there is no way to ever know until you experience it yourself how can you ever give a an account you know unless you, you've come from that experience but of course people do give accounts from their experience as well you know um but often i hear you know, when people do give accounts, that there there was something that they still needed to work through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and actually, even though it's like, oh yeah, I haven't been able to do this or whatever, or uh, there's still something to work with there. That that is the lesson. That is the lesson. You know, so whatever your experience was or is from plant medicines is the lesson is the thing that's guiding you and teaching you, you know, and um, recognizing that resistance, I think, within ourselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is obviously, this is a subject that could be spoken about like forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also yeah. a subject that I know many people have an interest in. So I'm really happy to be able to do a podcast with it, with yourself. Um, me because too. For me, it's really important to also you know, give out these podcasts based on my own experience and and also based on people that I've worked with personally, you know. So, um, so yeah, so just to, um, <clears throat> to wrap it up then, uh, Neil um, has a website called Love, Heal, Forgive. That's right, yeah. And um, so you can find out all the information on there, but there will be a link for this particular podcast for that anyway. So thank you so much, Neil. I really, really appreciate it. I'm really excited about what's to come and what's unfolding. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed that. And thank you for having me on, on your podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that to continue to keep up to date with what the Conscious Buddy community are up to. Uh, you can connect through the online platform, which is a safe container. You request to join. There are a few suggestions, which is just to follow some simple rules of love and kindness, equality, supporting others, community and unity. This is just so we can keep the container safe for you to share with your other Conscious Buddies. You can also find out about up-and-coming retreats, events and workshops at ConsciousBuddyCommunity.com 
If you like the content you are receiving and to continue to support our mission, which is ultimately to provide resources into our communities and to help educate those that need it, you can make a monthly or one-off donation through our donate button on ConsciousBodyCommunity.com. We appreciate your support.